We know that Maddie G is buzzword free, but what does that even mean? We're going to dive into some buzzword breakdowns on this episode of the Kawartha Small Business Podcast. I'm Brian Rump. And I'm Matt Geary from Maddie G Digital. We have business conversations for the Kawartha Commute. This episode is sponsored by Starting Point Digital Marketing. You know you should be doing digital marketing, but you never seem to have the time to do it right. Your small business deserves to have good digital marketing that is quick, easy, and inexpensive. Starting Point Digital Marketing provides intentionally simple marketing designed for you. Head over to startingpointdigitalmarketing.ca to get started. Okay, Matt, you are the buzzword free guy, so uh, tell us a bit about buzzwords and which ones you hate. I feel like we should explain what buzzwords are, and I'm not uh, I'm not so sure I can put my thumb on that. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, I have some notes around that. Yeah, you go for it. Lead everyone down the uh, definition trail of what a buzzword is. Yeah, and I think buzzwords, uh, you know, being buzzword free is interesting and sort of fits in. So I, I think buzzwords. Um, sometimes buzzwords are good. They're you know the the new words in an industry. They get people excited. Um, they can be trendy. Um, I think when we start hating them is when they become overused or used improperly. Um, I also think there's an interesting dynamic between, you know, what's vocabulary of an industry and what is a buzzword. And I think um, what's interesting to me is some of the buzzwords that I know you hate are marketing industry vocabulary. And I think you hate them because people overuse them and maybe don't understand what it actually means. Um, and also that it's not necessary to develop a relationship with a client and bombard them with buzzwords to like somehow prove you're smart or that they need to know what they are um, because that's your job. You should know what some of those things are and you should just do it without having to sort of brag about the cool words that you know. yeah, That's a great summary. I think it is often coming from a place of people coming up with words or words and things that already exist and kind of redefining things. And I don't know if that's a way to intentionally confuse people or if it's probably from what you said of wanting to sound cool about something specifically. But I think when we come up with these new words that turn into buzzwords, that's when it becomes confusing to people. And I get really frustrated by that. You did mention a lot of stuff that I often think about as buzzwords are often just industry terms. Um, so when I first started talking about this no buzzword stuff, I was using a lot of industry terminology like SEO, PPC, CTA, CTR, like different acronyms for things. So SEO is search engine optimization. PPC is pay-per-click advertising. CTA is a call to action. CTR is a click-through rate. A lot of different acronyms for things. 
that we internally would use all the time to each other because you're lazy and we'd rather use an acronym than say three words. Uh, but then I found that people were often stopping me mostly around PPC and often with SEO too. I try my best not to say SEO to people until I've actually explained yeah. it to them. I start with getting found on Google, bottom line. But to your point, a lot of those are just industry terminology. Um, even there's one that you hear a lot too, and maybe that's in, internally as well. It's SERP, which is S-E-R-P, which is basically just search engine results page. Why do we need Oh, that's funny. I've never heard that one before. Why do we need to say that? And you hear people say, like, well, we need to increase our ranking so we have more visibility on the SERP. Why are we saying SERP? Why are we saying search engine results page, period? It's Google. Get found on Google. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be on the first first page of Google, right? Um, I guess unless you're looking at Bing. No. <laughs> like, Who, nope. Whoever <laughs> has opened up their phone and binged something. Yeah, I know. I, I just love making fun of Bing. <laughs> it, it's just. Uh, terrible. Anyway, <laughs> this isn't a big yeah. So those are some acronyms, but when it comes to actual buzzwords, I believe, so there's something, the one that <laughs> drives me pretty crazy is the word full stack. And you'll hear people say, I want a full stack marketer, or I'm looking for a full stack marketer. And I, first of all, think it's weird that we've come up with this sort of terminology for saying something like we need someone that knows strategy of all the digital marketing channels or we need someone that's full service or something like that and what's funny about that is um and again i know you really hate this one um i when i hear stack think of technology and there's people who are like, oh, we need a full stack developer and we need a full stack technology. And I spent a lot of time just trying to figure out what that meant. Like when I hear stuff I'm not sure of, I try to figure it out. And then what you find out, I think, is we could you know, talk a bit about what full stack means. But most of the time, people don't actually want a full stack or it's kind of impossible to do the full stack and completely unnecessary. Yeah, it's impossible. Um, like even examples that you said there, a full stack developer. What does that even mean? Someone that can code? A developer can code. That does not They usually can code everything. Like it, it's like everything front end, back end. Usually they're not good at that. <laughs> like or it's hard to find someone who's that good at No, that. and front end would be more of a designer to be honest with you. And, and backend would be, yes, a developer that does coding and a couple of these other things. But also, they might understand how to code on one system. They might not have, know how to use understand coding on different platforms or like where it goes. Uh, from my perspective, when it comes like the full stack marketer, I say I'm full service with my services. I'm not because I know that there's still plenty of services that most people don't really even know are digital marketing services that I don't even offer. I don't really offer video um, or anything like that. I do it and get involved in it, but that's not something I, I really consider as full service. Um, 
You're not doing digital uh, billboard ads. No. That's digital marketing, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's also funny whenever you talk to marketers and like the first kickoff call you'd ever have with a client, you'd be talking about what's what are they good at? What's their specialty? What is their niche? What's your audience? Tell me specifically who you want to get in front of. So like our industry is obsessed with silos and getting things in neat little categories. But then all of a sudden we want a full stack marketer that can do everything when we're not expecting clients. It doesn't make any sense. And it's like, it's advice that you get often in sales and marketing is you need to find your niche. You need to find who it is you really love to work with. And I've never, I get it. I've never really enjoyed that. The thing, one of the things I love most about my job is working and learning about a lot of different industries and how different businesses run. It's one of my favorite parts. I would have no interest in just working exclusively with one type of industry. So yeah, the full stack marketing or just full stack in general, I always find to be such an odd thing because it doesn't really exist. And I just think it's a fancy way to make yourself sound ridiculous. Yeah, you make yourself look cool. And I think that's where a lot of buzzwords, why people start hating them. Um, I follow on Twitter a bunch of funny people. And usually I learn about buzzwords from just people making fun of other people. <laughs> yeah. Like you hear things like hop on a call, right? Or let's circle back to this. And they become things we use sometimes, but then you're like, oh, am I like circle back guy now? Am I, oh, let's hop on a call guy now? Because it is kind of funny, you know, when you get pitched a million times on LinkedIn and everyone wants to sort of hop on a call, it becomes like a biz, bit of a buzzword. And, and sometimes those are good because people understand what that means. Right. Uh, but other times people have bad experiences with that word. So they don't want to hop on a call yeah. with you. When you think about it, literally, that doesn't make sense. And slap on my yeah. I use both of those sentences within the last 24 hours. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is just funny. It's one of those, uh, I think it's ever-changing, like what are trendy buzzwords. Um, Sometimes you hear ones that are like trendy from like a few years ago, um, or they've changed a lot. Um, One of the ones that I hear a lot, and I don't know that I hate it, but it's like disruption or disruptors. Um, To me, a disruptor is somebody who's completely changing an industry and actually doing that. Uh, I think it started to get everyone wants to be a disruptor and it's like cool to have a business that's a disruptor, but you're, you're not really disrupting it. You might be doing something mildly different or putting together a different uh, channel, but you're not completely like changing it. Um, And a lot of the disruptors, in the end, they kind of fail, depending who they're taking on. Uh, some of them win. Um, my favorite a few years ago in the finance world was um, sort of niche um, alternative financing for um, different industries that wasn't the banks. So you would get these alternative lenders who would do very algorithm-based 
uh, loans and with alternative uh, different payback things that were just completely different than what banks would do. Uh, but a lot of them have failed or changed or just been bought by banks and absorbed. So they didn't really disrupt it, but there was a, a trend, for example, say restaurants, and they would say, oh, you have this much in sales, you know, we'll lend you X amount and we'll take our loan back as a percentage of your debit transactions. So that was pretty cool and a lot different than sitting down with the bank, getting a loan and paying it back monthly. Um, You know, so to me, that was a real disruptor, but it didn't necessarily work, but everyone uses that disruption word. Absolutely. I thought for a second you were looking at my notes because that was the next one. I hate the word disruptor. Because I always think, does anyone really start a business to do it the exact same? Of course not. They think that they can do something, if not entirely different, a little bit different. And that's all that you really need to do from a business perspective. Thinking outside the box sometimes is overrated. Boxes are great. They're universal. Yeah, there's a reason they exist. There's a reason why boxes are universally loved. Like, let's work within the box and just make the box a little bit better. Make it your own. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, it's a good point. And, you know, something I've been thinking a lot about lately is um, just how much, I guess, people try to work outside of fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they're trying to launch your business into the stratosphere when you don't even have your bookkeeping in line to know <laughs> what your sales even are um, or something like that, where that's hard. And, uh, you know, a lot of those buzzwords sort of prey on people, um, you know, looking to grow beyond where they are. Yeah, for sure. Another one that I really hate is deep dive. Oh, I have that on my notes too. We're going to sit um, down now and do a deep dive before we move on to the next thing. Like, are we intentionally not being detailed and thorough all of a sudden? Why are we like a deep dive something that only happens once in the blue moon? I just think it's been- and some of those deep dives aren't even deep dives, uh-huh. um, and that's what frustrates me. Um, I was actually I was thinking about a real. I'm not a diver, but I know some people who are divers, and like a real deep dive is very technical. It's very intentional. You know, it's very process driven and every time someone has said let's do a deep dive if they don't always even actually follow a deep dive or a process <laughs> so it's just uh, one of those overused words that i don't think anyone really dives as deep as they pretend that they my do. experience with deep dive and this is not me personally but i'm still i think sometimes relatively new to digital marketing i've been doing it for five years and i didn't come from that background my experience with deep dive, though, is usually when the agency is back on their heels and the client's asking a bunch of questions and the agency doesn't know the answer to it and they they kind of make it seem like it's a big deal. They're like, well, these are just the numbers that we're presenting, really high level, and we'll do a deep dive into that later. Because now all of a sudden deep dive makes the client think, Ooh, that's really fancy. They're going to do a deep dive and everything is going to be fixed, which I just think. That's a dive into the the big data. That's another one that sort of (laughs) came up, right? (laughs) Big data. 
Oh, it's just big data. And like, I really think the, the future is big data and there's lots of data and like getting better. But I think some people overthink it and think it's witchcraft, um, which it's not necessarily. Sometimes it's just actually viewing and looking at the data that you have and making decisions by it. But people talk about, you know, oh, big data or like all these conspiracy theories, which we will not get into. Um, Yeah. Where people think they, you know, the government's doing all this stuff with your data where usually it's not that complicated. And when you, if you look at it, it's kind of underwhelming Um, or it's just really actually good because it helps People identify their target markets. Right. Quick question for you. Do you not want to get into conspiracy theories because you're part of the deep state? Uh, Probably. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, my my good friend, Nick. I won't mention his full name on the podcast, Uh, but uh, (laughs) he likes to uh, make fun of my conspiracy theories in a very fictionalized way. He's convinced all his like friend group of where he lives now and like his wife's friends that I'm like a weird conspiracy theorist. Uh, the, at his wedding, the DJ introduced me. He was like, uh, and Brian is, um, uh, was a conspiracy theorist who hates JFK. <laughs> uh, that was how I was in- introduced, which. Are you actually in a conspiracy theorist? No, not really. I think uh, I'm fascinated by how they come up. Um, but a lot of it is um, uh, another buzzword that maybe not really a buzzword is a narrative transportation, um, which is the narrative is good and it's easy. So people fall into the story because they can believe that it's true. Yeah. But if you look at you know the government, it's like, you know, they can't figure out, you know, if we look at COVID, they can't figure out how to get everyone to download and use an app. So they're definitely not going to use a vaccine to try to control every move you make. Right. So, um, you know, they're usually not true. I love conspiracy theories. I think they're fun and I love joking around with them. Yeah, my wife and some people that don't know me very well will think that I'm like really diehard into it because I love having the conversations and like getting all people riled up with them. But at the same time, I will say that I think sometimes we dismiss certain conversations and narratives and call them conspiracy theories because we don't want to believe that they're true. Because sometimes things are so crazy that we're like, nah, that can't be true that's a conspiracy and i think there's a lot more of them out there than like we give them credit i think we need to start a different podcast for that (laughs) that would be excellent uh we got some good synergy going so that's uh another back to our buzzwords synergy is an old one though like that was (laughs) yeah it's a it's like um a few years ago, it was like pretty popular, like, oh, let's find some synergy. And I think it just got too sort of bro <laughs> and just uh, fell away. No one uses it anymore. Yeah. I was doing some binging uh, ahead of our call to find some marketing oh, yeah. buzzwords. 
And I saw one called omnichannel marketing and I thought I knew what it was. And then I read the definition and even I'm like, I, this is not what I thought it was at all. And then it made me laugh because of course, why do you even need to define this? But omnichannel marketing, the definition is an approach that provides customers with a completely seamless and integrated shopping experience from the first touch point to the last. First of all, what does that mean? Second of all, the remainder of this definition, that means that each channel works together to create a unified message, voice, and a brand for your company. And then, yeah, I just saw the look on your face. You're like, what? Of course. Why do we need to define omni-channel marketing? Of course we want to create a unified message, voice, and brand across all our channels. That's the point of a business. That's the point of <laughs> what do we do? Why do we even need to define that? Well, I think uh, it comes back to you know most marketers take your money to confuse you and your clients, and what you need is just something intentionally simple. Yeah, I literally I read it. Check out Starting Point Digital Marketing, yeah. sponsor of this episode. I read it. I'm like, I know what omnichannel marketing is, and I looked at the definition. I'm like. Oh, that's not what I thought it was at all. I'm like, why are we even calling it that? This is so much more confusing than it needs to be. So uh, another one, and I don't think I realized this. This maybe isn't a buzzword and maybe I'm veering off track here and it's more so sayings that I don't like. But I recognize probably within the first minute of our first ever podcast, I started saying, in my opinion, a few times. Okay. And then I immediately recognized I don't need to say that by me speaking the words that <laughs> makes it my opinion. I don't need to tell in my opinion. I think, and I've noticed it too, when I'm trying to say something maybe softly that might ruffle some feathers that I'm like, well, in my opinion, and I'm trying to remove that saying from my vocabulary because I think it's a complete waste of everybody's time. I like that. Yeah. Just get to the point. And uh, say what you're going to say. Lots of people say stuff that ruffles feathers. What was the one from Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh, There's a big thing about having said that. It's like almost like you're trying to transition from one, which is completely unnecessary. Yeah, which is funny. You're trying to soften the blow. I don't know. I just uh, say what I need to say and... That's why I have no friends. <laughs> Except Nick. Shout out, Nick. Yeah, shout out for Nick. All right. Any other buzzwords that we hate? I don't know if we should go to do a deep dive into COVID buzzwords. Yeah, I heard you love some of those COVID buzzwords. I'm driving crazy. Especially, I, I don't have cable anymore. So I don't know. Maybe that makes me deep state now. But they hear a lot of radio ads, and a lot of them are like the new normal. Like I don't need to hear the new normal anymore. Like we're all in this. We know what it was like. We're still in it. We don't need to be reminded the chaos that it is out there. Uh, I've gotten sick and tired from a marketing perspective of telling people and seeing things like, of course, we're socially distancing. And things like that are like, make sure you wear a mask. I don't know when that mandate came in. It was a long time ago. We don't need to be telling people to wear masks anymore. We don't need to be telling people to socially distance. 
you get those like things all the time uh, you hear on the radio too with the advertisements and like you've probably seen ads and videos online even where yeah they'll say something i'll come in store and don't forget to socially distance like honestly shut up with it we don't need to socially distance anymore we know what's happening the other thing you're hearing now at the end of the year as they're like doing some end of year promotions and like pulling on heartstrings and stuff is this year more than ever. Oh yeah. That's my favorite. Now more than ever, our giant corporation is here to still harvest your money, but we're going to pretend that we do something awesome. Mike, does that, um, you know, what's that large Brazilian overlord uh, company that everyone uh, worships? You know, are they still giving out free product in parking lots? Yeah. Um, you know, are we still clapping for frontline workers or are we back to underpaying them and uh, taking them for granted? Yeah, absolutely. That's another thing. This is like way off track. This isn't marketing at all. But the one that I think has been funny the last four years for obvious reasons when people talk about the United States has never been so divided as it has been today. <laughs> Guys, there was a civil war, a literal civil war a couple hundred years ago. That was way more divided than 2020 was or 2019. <laughs> yeah, more divided than ever. Yeah, it's like you've, it's always been like that. It's changed over time and morphed, but yeah, it's, that's just, yeah, how it is. Again, narrative transportation. People love to hear that and they they fall right into yeah, it yeah for sure uh, again this i keep saying this is not a buzzword or saying but one of the things that sparked this conversation in my mind was the black friday sales black friday oh yeah insinuate that it's one day maybe just maybe i can accept a weekend a long weekend black friday long weekend sales Please stop Black Friday sale for months. They've been all of November. They're going into December. I wouldn't bet in January, in February, March, we're seeing Black Friday sales still. Black Friday is a day. What happened to creating urgency for one day? Promoting. And it's also American. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we, uh, in Canada, they had to sort of co opt it because back when our dollar was uh, better, People would just flood to the states on that day, um, and retailers sort of had to try to compete with that. I don't know. I never did that. I've never went shopping in the states. That is my literal nightmare. Um, I will. I don't know if you could pay me enough to like go on a shopping trip to the states. Period or on Black Friday. Any time. I just. It's not my. If that's the whole reason for the trip and I have to fight with crowds. Like, <laughs> anyway, that's a topic for another time. That is what we're talking about next time. All right. Sounds good. This sounds like an episode to me. We've got some good buzzword breakdown. Uh, if you have some more buzzwords you'd like to talk about, have an idea for the show, or just want to reach out to us, um, we'd love to hear from you at Set It Up at Kawartha Small Business Podcast.ca.